live. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, welcome, to new, um, welcome to New Life. We're located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. So we welcome you, Facebook Live, and we welcome all those who are watching over um, YouTube and our podcasts. And we're on several pot. We have several podcasts out there, and we are so glad uh, for our faithful podcast listeners. I don't mention you enough, but you are very faithful to listening to um, our church's sermons every week. And so we're glad you're here. And let me—I'm smiling because I'm—we've had some time here this morning of worship, and uh, it was good. Um, one of these days, I'm hoping to be able to bring you our worship too, but one thing at a time. The most important thing I can do is tell you about Jesus, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. And my message is entitled, Walk, Walk as Children of the Light, or How We Should Live. You know that old thing called holiness? What are we going to deal with this morning? Well, we're going to deal with number one. We'll finish with this one is wake up. Come on, church, wake up. Come on, people of God, wake up to what is going on. There are things going on in our country that we need to wake up to. And that the thing that we need to wake up is people are dying and going to hell because nobody's telling them the true message of the gospel. Nobody's telling them that they can come to the cross and get saved. We need to wake up from our slumber. Number two, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Oh, my word. We're not redeeming the time very well, are we, as a church? I'm talking about the body of Christ. We're not redeeming the time very well. We're just going through the motions. You know what the redeeming the time means? We're actually doing something with it. My word. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't, I, I DVR'd it, but I can't do that because I gotta watch my program. Even though I DVR'd it. We were watching a good movie yesterday. Fun movie. And all of a sudden, my, I get a text from one of my children. They said, I'm hungry. What are you eating? Can I come over? Sure. So we're waiting. As soon as they got there, the TV went off. Why? It was more important to spend time with the child than it was finishing my movie. After my child left, I finished my movie. It was the longest movie I ever watched because it took hours to complete. But it was the best commercial break I ever had. Redeeming the time. Redeem the time. Because one of these days it's going to be too late to tell your neighbor about Jesus. It's going to be too late to reach out to that friend. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about walk wisely as children of light. You see, I, I, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, and I'm going to leave out the other stuff. I'm going to tell you what God says and how we should live instead of listening to the culture and the, the debate that's going on in the culture right now. 
I'm going to go ahead and lift up Jesus, and I'm not going to allow anybody to cancel him. You know they want to cancel this book right here because it calls sin, sin? Hmm. We need to wake up. My word, there's a movement right now in Minnesota that when you had Thanksgiving, you just ate dry turkey. I don't know what they're talking about. We had really good turkey and really good ham. I don't know what they were talking about. But I was also told in that same article that as a white man, I stole the land here. Uh, folks, all of us stole the land here. Does, your house doesn't belong to you. By the way, there's some, the, the, the far left wants to take away all our land anyway, and you won't own anything by the year 2050 is what their plan is. Hopefully we're all raptured out of here. <laughs> because you know, Americans, you try to take our stuff, you're going to have a problem. And God is for people owning their own land. He set that up in the Bible. So, so communism is actually anti-Bible. But that's the far left. You know, there's still some reasonable liberals in the country. There, there still are. I, I, I just, the Democratic Party that I grew up with, I don't recognize. I just don't. And, and the Republican Party just don't have a backbone. So you know what I need to do? I need to hold on to Jesus. Because I'll tell you what, he's always going to do what's right, and he always has a backbone. Right? He's always going to stand with us and stand up for us. And by the way, by the way, I'm looking forward to my home that's in heaven, not my home that is here. But our home is going to be, I got a mansion just over the hilltop, we, just, we love to sing. Why? Because it's better than the house we got. And you know what's nice about our mansion that we have over on the other side? We don't have to worry about all the maintenance. I don't know. I think Alvin and I will look forward to not having to go ahead and doing all that maintenance on the house all, every so many years. You know? Um, because it, it, it costs some. You know? Let's walk as children of light. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your anointing today. I thank you, Lord, that we will wake up and arise. That, Lord, we will be your mighty army in this world. That we'll go marching through this land. That, Lord, you'll bring revival to new life. And, Lord, you'll bring a great awakening to North America, Lord, and the world. The church, of, the church is supposed to be a mighty army, and we are... The church is asleep, Lord. Wake us up, Lord. I know you've been shaking us, Lord. But wake us up, I pray, in Jesus' name. And use us, Lord. Use us, Lord, to tell others how to get saved. Because, Lord, pretty soon it's going to be too late. Because the rapture will happen. It's going to be too late for us to share the gospel of others. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to get as many saved as possible before you come and call us home. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our lives. 
And Lord, again, we lift up all those who've been affected by the tornadoes, Lord, that, Lord, you would just be with them, touch their lives, those who've lost loved ones, Lord, that you'd comfort them by the, your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you will help them to rebuild. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, my friends, we need to represent holiness because we represent Christ. Hello? You know, you can't come into the presence of a holy God unless you're holy. We need to represent holiness because we represent Jesus. Because, folks, when you got saved as Christians, we are no longer what we used to be. You are a new creation, a new creature. Paul says in Ephesians 5, and verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Can I tell you, though, you cannot be holy unless you come by way of the cross? <laughs> when, when we turn holiness into legalism, your hair is too long, your hair is too short, you got a beard, you have a beard. Uh, you're not wearing a suit to church. No, you're, you're over... My word. <laughs> I saw Brother Donnie Swaggart. Somebody put a quote out on him and used an old picture of Donnie Swaggart wearing one of his three-piece suits. He loves wearing his three-piece suits. Um, I'll tell you why we preachers sometimes like to wear a three-piece suit. Because a three-piece suit covers a multitude of... Well, anyway. And, and so... <laughs> He, he's wearing his three, and it was one of his check suits from a few years ago that he used to wear, his nice gold chain on there. He always looks like there's, he's always dressed to the hilt, you know, because he figures when he gets up to talk about people, to people about Jesus, he's representing Jesus. So he's going to put on his best. He's not going to put on his worst. But all these young preachers were making fun of how many people he's going to win to the Lord dressed like that. And I would say, um, more than you can know. He's been all over the world preaching and evangelizing and leading people to the Lord. Don't be criticizing because, you know what, I can criticize the way you dress sometimes. You look so sloppy in the pulpit that how could anybody ever listen to somebody dress sloppy? Will we stop being critical? See, holiness is not about a bunch of, oh, you're dressed up too fancy. No, you're dressed up so sloppy. Oh, you sing all hymns. No, you sing all worship songs. My word, we're supposed to sing it all. Have you read the Psalms? You've got worship songs, you've got hymns, you got oh, you got it all. And God loves, our, loves it when we praise him. Come on. And I'm so glad the worship wars, for the most part, are over with. Praise the Lord. We've just said, forget about it. We're not going to fight this battle anymore. But when we take, go ahead and make things about holiness about a bunch of regulations and stuff. That's not our sanctification. We, we can't even get sanctified unless we go by way of the cross. Come on. We take our imperfections to the cross because Jesus said, 
I carried your imperfections already. I said it was finished, so if we would just go to the cross and leave them there, we would be so much better off and then we could live holy because our sanctification has come to us. Come on. Think about it. Our former treasurer of the church back in early 60s, late 50s, raising a child like most moms, finally having to do the housework and do all the things she would have to do and cook and she had to go to work and she did all these things. She had it enough with the long hair. How many mothers can testify to that? You get to a certain point, you know, and, and this is back before you had central air conditioning. You had a window unit, maybe, maybe. If you had enough money, you might have got a window unit, you know. And so you had, so she went out and got her hair cut. Oh, she came to church thinking she looked so pretty. Her holiness was not in her hair. Her holiness was in her heart because that's where Jesus dwelt. She came to church thinking she looked so pretty and people got on her case because she cut her hair. And she never wore her hair short. It was just a mom cut. It was longer than some of your hair, ladies. And she came and they got, so she couldn't teach Sunday school anymore. She couldn't do this, she couldn't do that. The only thing they wouldn't take away from her was doing the books, because nobody wanted the job. Then she knew that that was, then she realized, oh, that's a bunch of legalism. If, if it was really true, they should have took those away from me too. And then people finally realized, wait a second, why are we being so legalistic? We need to love people into the kingdom. You see, you see, when we love people into the kingdom and we take our own stuff to the cross, he cleanses our lives and then we're able to be more sanctified. We finally get sanctified. We finally get freedom over whatever we are that's holding us back. You know those secret sins that you've been struggling with? The reason why you've been struggling with them is because you haven't taken them to the cross and given them to Jesus. Come on. You see, my friends, we need to stand out from the culture. We need to expose it. We need to stand out from the culture, and we need to expose it. Let's see what Paul says in verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Did you hear that? Why do we play with it? Why do we play with the unfruitful works of darkness. But Paul's writes here by the Holy Spirit, but expose them. That's why we speak. Somebody said we should be quiet and just pray about it. Just pray about it. That's why we speak up about CRT and cancel culture and wokeness. Why? Because wokeness and CRT and cancel culture, all it does is hurt people. Come on. It doesn't change people. It just hurts people. Expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. I felt sorry for somebody today. I was watching the news this morning. 
I kind of felt sorry for this professor. She just got promoted to acting dean of a prestigious college in America. And I kind of felt bad for her because she, she says she can never be friends with a white woman because she, she could just never trust them. Where is that coming from? And the two people who were the, the two people talking about, one was a white guy and one was a beautiful black woman, black professor. She was just awesome. And they're good friends. And she says, she just started laughing when, she, when he read the quote to her. And she says, but we're friends. We're good friends. But she said, I can't. And it was so bizarre because she can't trust people. She divorced her white husband after so many years because she can't live with him because he's white. Now, talk about darkness that has affected her. I feel bad for her. Here's somebody who's intelligent, who've gotten caught up in CRT, a lie, and become so woke that forgot that her husband loved her. And she divorced him. Now, I feel pity for her. I feel like we should pray for her. I would like to go and talk to her about Jesus and say, listen, it don't matter. Skin is skin. And before you start getting on my case about wokeness, I know there's some of you in Fargo who do that sometimes. Let me point out again, I have a biracial family. So you can't attack me over these things. I have a biracial family, and we love it. We don't see skin color. My word. We were Walmart the other day. And they got Santa Claus there, about so tall. And, and, and it wasn't Santa Claus you sit on, just a figurine Santa Claus that you could buy and put in your house. One had dark skin, one had light skin. That's how we say, dark skin, light skin. And my son says, that doesn't look right. Santa Claus can't have dark skin. And I said, why not? Why not? I said, I've met some Scandinavians with dark skin. I've met Italians with dark skin. That's where Santa Claus is from, is Italy and all. With dark skin. We look at melatonin too much. God looks at the heart. You are, if you are saved, you are my brother and my sister, no matter what you look like. You could change your hair color every month, and I'm still going to love you because you are my sister in Christ. That's like saying that we can't love anybody who's fat. I'll get some comments about that, too. I, 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 here, here, here's something for you, Tiny, since you're going into the ministry. If they don't know you personally and they've never prayed with you, don't worry about what they have to say about you. I love that quote. It's time to wake up, Paul says. Stop pushing the snooze alarm. Corey. <laughs> Stop. Time to wake up. Stop pushing the snooze alarm. Verse 13. 
But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, God says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Some of us are dead, even though we're breathing. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Come on. I like the fact in my house, we get up before the snooze alarm starts. A lot of times we're awake before the alarm clock goes off. It's much better that way. I might like Bill Dablo, but I really don't need to listen to him in the morning to wake me up. <laughs> Jesus is the light of the world, the Bible says. John chapter 1 starts off with one verse, verse 1 through 3. Jesus is the word. And because Jesus is the word, we, we should learn how to handle it. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. The people rather embrace darkness. But we, Christians, we, the church, should keep on shining the light. Verse 4, in him was light, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now realize this, Evelyn, even though they don't comprehend it and they rather have darkness, we need to keep on shining light so that perhaps they would come to know Jesus Christ. Our job is to bear witness of the light, which is Jesus. Verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness. To do what? To bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. This is through Jesus. That's our job, is to bear witness of the light. That's all you have to do is bear witness. You don't have to be a salesman. That's where we've gotten confused. As much as I like evangelism explosion, it made too many Christians think they were supposed to be salespeople. No, we're supposed to just bear the light. We're supposed to bear witness. Just tell them about your Jesus. Tell them about your Lord. Tell them about your Savior. Tell them the good news. And just bear witness. And if they accept it, they accept it. If they don't, they don't. And some people, they're just knuckleheads, so you've got to tell them over and over. Did you ever notice? Listen, treat your friends like God treated the Jews in the wilderness. How many times did he have to tell them? before they got it. It took 40 years for it to finally sink in. Why do you think they wandered in the desert? It wasn't because Moses didn't ask for directions. He was getting directions. God let them out there and said, you're not getting out of here until you learn your lesson. And because you're so stubborn, it's going to take 40 years. 
You need to know that God sent you. You need to know that God has sent you and you have a job to tell others about Jesus. So what are we to do? Boy, I'm winding down now. We're having, we're having um, dinner here at church today. What? Nobody invited you? I'm sorry. I thought I mentioned it on Thursday night. I mean, Wednesday night uh, at the end of the broadcast. So you, if you watched Wednesday, you were invited. But boy, the church is starting to smell good, and I'm just going to start losing people because they're going to start drooling pretty soon. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Some of you didn't eat breakfast because you were anticipating. I still ate breakfast because I got up early. What are we to do? John 6, says, In all things, in all things, even witnessing, we need to rely on the Lord. Here, here this is the reason why we need to rely on the Lord. This will take you off of feeling like you have to be a salesman. Listen to what um, Jesus said in John 6, 44. No one, no one, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Did you see that? No one can come unto me unless the Father who sent me draws him. See, we rely too much on our intellect to try to convince them. No, all we need to do is tell them and let the Father draw them. Let the Holy Spirit break down the wall. Let the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit does the work of getting them saved. Not us. All we can do is tell them and invite them. Would you like to know? Now that I've told you about my Jesus, can, would you like to accept them? And guess what? They, can, they, give, they, can, they have three answers they can give you. Yep, I want them. Or, nope. Or, let me think about it. Guess what? If they, if they give you, let me think about it, that's not a no. That's almost as good as a yes. But don't pounce on them yet. Wait till you come back with it. Because if you pounce right then, you could turn it into a no. Don't turn it into a no. By the way, I've told you this before. You got, God gave you five fingers. Guess how many times people will give you the right to say no to you? Five times. If you get your fifth no, let it go. But they'll give you... They'll give you um, I worked for a very wealthy man at one point. Great salesman. He could sell water to, an, to a, a drowning man. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. I mean, he was that good. He, he, he collected Rolls Royces as a hobby. That's a fancy car. Really fancy, expensive car. He would collect them. And he would go in, and he said... He always had that, and he had his wedding ring, and he would put it on his pinky finger as he was talking to them. They say no, he moved it into his ring finger. They say no, he moved it into his middle finger. They say no, then he put it on his pointy finger and never waited for the fifth no, because then it was all over with. He said, well, thanks for hearing me out, and he shake their hand. Um, I'm going to, I'll see you some other time. Maybe we'll talk about this later on. And he walked to the door. And he would do the most odd thing as he was going out the door and he was closing the door. All of a sudden, he would open the door again 
And he looked at him like this and squinted his eye. He called his Columbo clothes. Remember Columbo? And he looked at, one more thing. What? Because it looked so odd, they would smile. And one more thing. He said, can I come back to see you next Thursday? Or would Friday be better? Well, Friday be better. Should I come in the morning or the afternoon? Oh, come on in the morning. Should I come at 10 o'clock or at 11 o'clock? I'm coming at 10 o'clock. And he'd be writing it in his book. And as he walked out the door, he knew he had to say him the next time he walked in because they just gave him his first yes. And he would walk in there with boldness and he would have the sale before he had to move the ring. Sometimes we give up too quick. Sometimes we got to be as odd as Columbo. One more thing without your cigar. You don't need, you know, we're, we're holding this, folks, without the cigar. One more thing. Just get them to agree to talk about it later. But rely on the Father because He's the one who's going to He's going to send the Holy Spirit to get you all them. And then Jesus said in John twelve thirty two, "This is what we need to do. All we need to do is what He said to do in John twelve thirty two. We just need to lift up Jesus. What does He say? And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw." all people to myself. So, so what do we need to do? We need to lift up Jesus. We used to sing, uh, we got all these modern songs now, but we used to sing very simple songs. Man, and, and you know, the Church of God and the Assembly of God, when we sang these simple songs, we were the fastest growing churches in the world, worldwide. No one could keep up with us. We used to sing a song, Lift Jesus Higher, Lift Jesus higher, lift him up for the world to see. As I be lifted up from the earth, I would draw all men unto me. And we'd go on and on, and everybody get happy. People would be running the aisles. People would be jumping up and down. Remember the time for a while there, Christians were jumping up and down? Um, that was Generation X. That's how they expressed themselves to the Lord. That's okay. Boomers would cry. Boomers were the ones who started running. Boomers would dance in the aisles. That was because, you know, and, and the greatest generation, they knew how much God had saved them from World War II. I miss that generation. It's Christmas time, my friends. This is the one time in Easter. There's two times a year that people tell, let you talk to them about Jesus without putting up objections. Christmas and Easter. It's Christmas time. So invite someone to church over the next several Sundays. Man, you should have got your friend to come to church to be fed today. I know you try, but if you tried, good for you. If you didn't try, why didn't you? Try invite them for next week. We got some cute little kids who are going to be singing next week, and we we're going to have our unveiling of our bell choir next week. I even got two of the adults who are going to be singing a special to kick off the service. It's going to be a fun time in the old church next week. 
And then invite them for Christmas Eve service. I promise I'll preach them Jesus, and I'll preach them happy. And we'll just talk about, we'll, everything will be about Jesus that night. And we'll only be here for an hour. So it'll be easy to get your friends to come for an hour to church, amen? Oh, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we praise you for you are so good to us. Lord, help those that we've been inviting and talking to about you, Lord. Because, Father, we're going to rely upon you to get finish the job. I just thank you for those who keep on inviting and inviting and inviting. Don't let them get weary in doing good, Lord. Give them strength to keep going. Because one of these days it's going to pay off. One of these days they're going to come to know you. Father, you draw them. Lord, we're going to keep on lifting up Jesus. And we're expecting the Holy Spirit to finish the job and bring them to salvation. Lord, we're just going to do what we're called to do and lift you up and tell others and be bearers, witnesses of the light. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> and those who are watching on YouTube and Facebook, you know you can invite people to come and join you watching um, these messages. I know some people who come, get a bunch of people into their living room and they sit down and they watch the message. Corey says, I can't count all those people in their living room because I don't know who they are. I just know that one person tuned in. I'm not worried about numbers. I'm worried about souls. You live in a place, if you're stuck in Canada, in a beautiful country, and you can't go to church, but you've been coming here week in and week out, invite a bunch of people over to your living room. What are they going to do? You're all vaccinated up there, is what they tell me. Right? You don't even, I don't even think you've got to show your vaccine card up there. I don't know what you guys are doing up there. I, I can't keep up with what we're doing down here. But we love you, and we're praying for you, and I pray that you're praying for us. So we're so glad that you joined us on YouTube. If you haven't yet subscribed, please subscribe. It'll make sure that you always get an alert knowing that when we're coming on. Also, if you've been watching on Faithfully on Facebook, go ahead and join our Facebook page there, and uh, that way you'll always be alerted that we've been on. So that, oh yeah, the, the, I, I couldn't be there live with them, but I could be there and rerun. I know there's a lot of you who do that. We got one person in town, before they go to bed, they watch me. I don't know if that, what that says about me. If I just, uh, that one thing that helps them go to sleep at night, I don't know. Maybe, it's just, maybe the word is so good, it soothes their weary brow. And so um, we're just so grateful. Lord, bless all of our friends who watch on YouTube. Bless all of our friends who um, watch on Facebook Live. Also, Lord, bless all of our friends who Listen by way of our podcast, Lord. Bless them and keep them. And Lord, let this Christmas season be their best ever. And we just thank you that one that you're bigger than coronavirus. And Lord, we are in your care, and we trust you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you next time. See you on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. We will let you go. Now, hey, we're going to eat. Uh, listen, 